solo mente. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen, with another installment of Locked On Texans, the daily podcast covering your favorite football team in the Houston Texans every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And as always, I'm your host, Texans reporter for ESPN Houston and the Texans Wire, a part of USA Today, Cody Davis, along with my partner in crime. John, some sports guy, Hickman. Happy to be back with you guys to end off the week. Have an amazing conversation with Stephanie Stratley of the Houston Chronicle. Also, the Texans are really creating what they call competition and great depth at the offensive line position as they sign Packers, a former Packers offensive line, Lane Taylor to a one-year deal who's actually coming off an injury. So that is exciting. Also, Demarcus Walker announces he is joining the Houston Texans, and then we will look how the Deshaun Watson conversation that I had with Stephanie Stradley, does this change anything on the surface moving forward? But first, Lane Taylor was a starter for three seasons before suffering back-to-back season-ending injury. So the Houston Texans are bulking up their depth chart at the offensive line position. And I think, Cody, you know, my personal opinion, I think that's a good idea. I'm going to tell you why. I think that's a good idea simply because it does give you the room to move on from an offensive lineman. Hey, what did we talk about the other day? Like, if you find yourself in a position where teams are reaching out to you for some of your younger prospects, that were drafted by someone else that was here before you were, if I'm Nick Asterio, I just brought in Justin McCray. I just brought in Marcus Cannon. I just brought in Lane Taylor. I'm giving this opportunity, giving this unit an opportunity to compete, but also giving myself an opportunity, if I'm Nick Asterio, the general manager of the Houston Texans, the opportunity to move on from some of these guys. If the, if a better opportunity for Houston presents itself. And as mentioned as well, former, now former Denver Broncos defensive end DeMarcus Weir, DeMarcus Walker announced via social media on Monday that he will be coming to Houston. Denver, of course, Denver had a lot of talent, but in the last two years, DeMarcus Walker does have eight and a half sacks with 10 and a half sacks on his career. Cody, does Houston, has Houston gotten better through a lot of these free agent signings? It all depends on how these players not only perform, but it also depends on their health. It, it That question sort of reminds me of a conversation you and I had a couple of days ago, earlier this week, when I said, 
the Texans could be in a position. Matter of fact, that was last week um, when I said I can see this team having a top 15, top 20 defense. And um, you heavily disagree, but I also I also backdoored and said I could see them having a top 15, top 20 defense if every one of their players perform well and if everything fall in place for the Houston Texans. But it, it it's kind of hard to say because they have so many guys who are either coming off of very serious injuries or players like Philip Lindsay who did not have the best season last year. What I do like most about this team, I think we're going to see a team that's going to be hungry and we're going to see a, we're going to see a team that's going to go out there and hustle and give it their all because it's still too early to say because there are a lot of questions surrounding a lot of these guys who are now on this team. However, let's transition to the Deshaun Watson saga. And I thought it was very important to bring in a professional, a lawyer, who will have more professional insight than Cody and I can provide. We will be hearing from Stephanie Stradley of the Houston Chronicle uh, in today's show. But I do want to give you guys a heads up on 1010. The exclusive collection of 10 creative style diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely designed, beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life they're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNow.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring that she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching words 10 by 10 at BlueNow.com. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back in, everybody, to the Locked On Texans edition, Friday edition of Locked On Texas podcast, only on the Locked On Podcast Network. Stephanie Stradley is stopping back by the show, a friend of the show. Thank you for stopping by the show today. You are really appreciated. I thought it'd be a perfect time to discuss Watson's civil case and with you being a friend of the show, we had you on previously, yes. and a lawyer, I wanted to bring you in for some clarity of the situation. So without further ado, Stephanie Stradley, once again, welcome to the Locked On Texas podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm really glad that I, I can help use my background to let people know what's going on. And that's perfect because the situation, whenever we involve sports, it's always going to be, uh, the topic will always be torn. You're going to have diehard fans that just don't want to believe it. Then you're going to have the optimistic fans. And then you're going to have the fans that's just going to say, well, he did it because of the facts. However, that's something that we'll get into. Uh, but first, where are we right now with Watson's case? As it's been over a month now with no real evidence aside from an apology screenshot from Watson that uh, Tony Busby released. Where are we currently with Watson's case? Well, I think it's really important to to 
understand that lawyers, their role in, in this situation is to zealously represent their client. And that the words that the lawyers say is not evidence. And even if the lawyers like show you some information, that's not evidence. Like it's not evidence unless it's in court. So where we are right now, and I've made this analogy before is, this is like, if, if this were a football game, the ball has been kicked off and it hasn't even been caught yet. Like, you know, the first part of a civil lawsuit is to file the lawsuit. The next part that happens after that, the big part is answering the lawsuit. And Deshaun Watson hasn't answered these civil lawsuits yet. I mean, what's unusual about this case and, and but isn't completely unusual because of the high profile nature is you're really not supposed to have a lot of pretrial publicity in cases because you know we want cases tried in court and not in, in public opinion. Now there's exceptions to that ethical rule, but this is a lot of publicity this early on in a case before you really have a, an actual answer to a lawsuit. So, I mean, I on my pin like on my Twitter feed. I have a pinned tweet uh, at, at the top of my, of, of my um, Twitter feed that is a, a frequently asked questions about these lawsuits. And these things are really difficult to talk to, talk about, but I think the number one thing that everybody should take away from things is you should not assume anything. I mean, that's the posture that lawyers have to take when you get a case you have to investigate it. You can't assume things because you're only getting one view of the case. And, you know, theoretically, the justice system will get you the, the broader view of the case. But right now, we, you know, we're not their lawyers. We don't have to advocate for a side. What we should do is, on their face, take these claims very seriously because they are very serious allegations but at the same time recognize that it's in the benefit of everyone to keep an open mind because everybody brings their own experiences and say well, why is this or why is that and i think i think that the real answer to things is life is not simple people are not simple the facts of a particular situation might not fit neatly in a box, but the facts go where the facts go and we'll find what those are. Yeah, to your point, I've seen and heard the comments and opinions from both sides of the spectrum of whether or not he did it. I mean, I've had extensive conversations with family members, fans on Twitter personally and on social media. As a lawyer, can you provide some legal insight on how things will continue to proceed in this civil trial? And also where there be a chance that this civil case turns criminal at any point soon? Yeah, I mean, this is how this works. And, and I discuss it more in depth on, in my pinned tweet, but you know, when a civil lawsuit's filed, um, then the next thing that happens, the next big thing is that there's an answer and then both sides start doing what is called discovery to find out more information from each other of what each other knows. And um, then, you know, at some point, 
you know, you end up having depositions where depositions are taken of Deshaun Watson, depositions are taken of the different plaintiffs. And eventually down the road, there's a lawsuit, but you know, we're in the middle of COVID and the courts are fairly backed up. There's not very many in-person trials right now because it's very difficult to get juries together in this environment. So, I mean, the civil court will case, cases will go as they go. Right now, as I understand it, there are 22 filed cases, like as we're recording this, now this might change as we're talking, there's 22 filed cases. One case was non-suited, which means that um, it was withdrawn, but it could still be um, brought again in the future. And, and um, the plaintiff's lawyer said that, that she did not feel comfortable having her name on the documents yet. Um, there is one other situation that was not a suit that um, Sports Illustrated discussed, but at that time that person had not filed, but we don't know, you know if they ever will. There may be un other people considering filing suits. We don't know. Now, as far as the criminal cases go, we understand from public information, which is not necessarily accurate, that there have been some claims of or reports made to, to the authorities, right? And when they do that, those investigations are kept fairly quiet. Um, they can take a long period of time. Um, they, they're not just limited to the information that the plaintiffs give to the police. The, the, police, the police investigation isn't controlled by the outside lawyers. The investigation will go where it goes. Those can be completed in a short period of time, depending on what the facts are, but they can go as long as, you know, over a year without hearing back from the police officers of, you know, whether, you know, whether there's something that comes out of it. So you can't really predict how the criminal investigation would go. And then we also know that there's an NFL investigation going on by the league office. The Texans are cooperating and uh, Deshaun Watson has an obligation to cooperate. And if he doesn't cooperate, sometimes the lack of cooperation is used against a player like it was in the Tom Brady deflategate situation. So, I mean, we just really right now have a lot of uncertainty. Like the only thing that's certain is that it's uncertain and it's gonna stay ugly until it's not. Great insight from Stephanie Stradley of the Houston Chronicle. Follow her on Twitter at Steph Stradley. Before we get out of here, a couple of more questions. Three of Busby clients recently spoke to Houston police on Wednesday. The number of known accusers is now at five. Uh, one has dropped a lawsuit. With the releasing of names, will this help Harden defend Deshaun? Also, um, and it just hit me, it dawned on me, Harden has released a statement that Watson had consensual, I mean, sorry, consensual sexual activities uh, with these accusers, but it was all consensual, uh, with no proof on any side, whether they did it or not, whether it was consensual or not, but with releasing that statement, will any of this newfound information within the span of the last three to five days help Deshaun in this case? Well, it's, it's hard to know from the outside because we don't know what the underlying facts are but um, 
you know, and, and the report that there's five people that have gone to the police, that's what the lawyer says. Now, whether that's happening, we can't confirm that independently. So just making that known. Um, as far as not in Texas, when you file a civil lawsuit, you are supposed to put your name on it. And um, you, know, you can agree to keep the names confidential, but I think at this point, given the pretrial publicity, the decision was not to do that. Um, it may be that um, once the names are out and there's more investigation, that can go either way. You know, like there's been all sorts of speculation about the different plaintiffs, but you know, who knows? You know, that's that's what the whole discovery process is about, and we'll find out more information eventually about about the plaintiffs and their backgrounds. And I mean, it's discomforting, but it's also discomforting, you know, filing lawsuits like this. Right. And for my conspiracy theorist. Nope. Now, where I am I going? Say, where am I going, Steph? No, all I have to say is my the like I wrote over six thousand words on a frequently asked question stuff, and I got to tell you the number one reason I wrote it was I was getting all this feedback of like, hey, here's my theory or this is what I think and DDD, and I'm like, I'm done with this. Just read my pinned tweet. But go ahead. <laughs> I will buy you lunch, and I'm known to do this if you guess what the conspiracy I no was i don't i don't even want to speculate i don't even want to like it, it just hurts my heart like if you've been involved in large cases or, or high profile cases like this just the things the rumors that get out of control right. and you're on the inside and you know more information you're like what kind of crazy stuff is this well you know this is why i thought it was important to bring talk you about on because and to talk about because it is a lot of outside looking in and, yeah. you know, the psyche of fans and the everyday people, you know, a lot of people go to work all day. They come home. They want to just enjoy a beer and watch sports. Yeah. And uh, with this situation, the conspiracy is that I've heard on the timeline in the barbershops, talking to family members and friends yeah. that the Texans are behind this. Now, now that was the original conversation yeah. but we we're far from that but however could you dispel some of that for us yeah i mean it, it's all sorts of nonsense you know it does like i don't see how it benefits the texans to make their star quarterback untradeable or unusable as a quarterback like that doesn't make any sense at all unless you're just your view is just who cares about anything? I mean, the, and it, it doesn't, I mean, just, just the logistics of it doesn't make any sense. Well, but, I mean, but if, if there was actual facts that came out that supported that, then there's actual facts that came out and support that, but I can't see that at all. And I think that's where we are right now, that there are not even close to any facts that have came out to suggest that. Uh, but, yeah, but people like to talk. I mean, people like to talk. And, and I get that. I get that. It's the legal process goes really, really slow. And the NFL season keeps marching on. And you know, we're two weeks away from the draft. Exactly. And people are like, oh, you know, we want to get draft picks or no, we can't get draft picks because there's all of this out here. And it's also uncertain. And I get that. You know, and, and 
just the nature of how this was raised where there was like dueling press conferences, which is just really kind of, you know, it's an approach to take, but the whole idea of like, oh, today they won this press conference. No, they're not winning press conferences. Like yes. at the end of the day, the facts will be what the facts are. And each side has lawyers. We don't have to be their lawyers. We don't have to argue different positions because you know why? We don't have all the facts. We don't, we don't. And some of the facts are gonna end up being kind of weird and inconvenient maybe, but the facts are what they are. Like things usually don't just come up in neat boxes. Yeah, Stephanie Stradley again of the Houston Chronicle, a friend of the show. Uh, my last question, not actually a question, just a statement. I read the Washington Post article, yes. right? And uh, one thing that stood out to me was Tony Busby characterizing um, the athletes first, Deshaun Watson's firm, as arrogant, dismissive jackasses, uh, who could have settled this before it came, became public, by the way. Yeah. Uh, at some point, and I criticized Busby with his Instagram post when we first found out publicly of the... Uh, of the, the lawsuit at some point has this become i guess personal for busby because those words they sound very personal well i mean i this is this is my point of view like i specifically wrote what i wrote without putting the names in it too much because this should be about the people involved it shouldn't be about the lawyering or the tactics and you know, it's easy in retrospect to, to slam, oh, well, they should have done this or they should have done that. But, you know, they were talking. They were talking back and forth. And, you know, I guess when you're talking, when you're negotiating back and forth, you have to, you know, you have to understand that somebody might just walk away. And, but the thought was, well, maybe they're not going to do that because it is, this process is hard for everyone in it. Like whoever is in the right, it doesn't matter if you're in the right. It is a hard process going through civil litigation, no matter which side of it as it is. And, and so, you know, you can crack them in retrospect, but, you know, there's a lot of accidents like that we've gotten to this point is a failure of a lot of different things. Absolutely. And but you know then the flip side is well you know from from the plaintiff's point of view is if you really want if you really believe that there's conduct going on and you want that conduct to stop that you know having things aired out like this is one way and you know had it been negotiated and gone away um that might not have happened. But at the same time, you know, we don't know all the facts and it is a very difficult process for people to go through, but there's all sorts of accidents that happen early in cases. And a lot of times it's hard to, like, at least with our firm, we often get phone calls from people saying, you know, so-and-so has contacted me investigating this or so-and-so has demanded this. And, it's an unnerving feeling and it's unnerving to know how to respond to some of that information. 
and but and some but sometimes people don't know the peril that they're in at the moment that they're in it right i guess is, that's a good is point. the issue and and so that's why you call specialists that know more about it than you and sometimes the specialist goes no you don't have anything to worry about or hey if you're going to talk to the fbi or if you're going to talk to this person you do need counsel or maybe you shouldn't talk to this person so there's any number of things that can happen early in an investigation and it sounded like the athletes first people were trying to figure something out and they it just got bigger than they anticipated it was going to be based on what they knew or what they thought they knew we are just bystanders but stephanie stranley is the expert here <laughs> thank you for stopping by of this houston chronicle again follow her on twitter at steph stratley the theme of the show that is the theme of this in this whole interview the facts are the facts right guys yes. don't go anywhere we will discuss more of deshaun watson's case and why i think it's continuously ludicrous for anybody to suggest a trade for watson at this time with two weeks before the draft locked on texas podcast don't go anywhere the texans organization is in a place where they have to allow this process to go through and don't worry about whether or not football in itself is a priority right now. Because it's not, it's not a priority at all. I say that because I got to ask the question via Instagram. I'm sorry, via Twitter. The question was for the show, with all that is happening in the Deshaun Watson drama, could this give Deshaun a new perspective with the slight possibility he may never play football again and be willing to play for the Texans. It is April 16th. We are, what, Cody, a week away from the draft. It was important to me that I mentioned that the biggest question mark for Houston moving forward is now the quarterback position. Because we don't know whether or not he's going to play for the Texans ever again. And right now with this case as it stands, if it ended today, Deshaun Watson would play football again because we don't have any evidence to convict him or not. But I don't see it being in, a, I don't see him being in a position where he plays for the Texans. And I think we need to move on from the life with Watson and move on to the sunset of life without Watson and going to the rebuild, however you may put it. But to simply put it, whether or not I feel like Deshaun will be in a place where his perspective will change about never playing football again and willing to play football for the Texans, I don't think that happens. I'm John, some sports guy Hickman. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Don't forget to follow Stephanie Stradley on Twitter at Stephanie Stradley or at Steph Stradley. An amazing follow. She breaks down sports from so many different insights that it's all just pure knowledge that she's kicking out. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.
You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.